Good morning. This is Rogue Grace. Glad you're tuned in today. I'm Peter John, aka Pastor's Kid. Glad to be with you for however long you want to tune in, 5, 15, 20 minutes. But to consider the grace of God together. Because when you read the New Testament, as you overlook, or I should say look over, better yet, the book of Romans, you find you're not blessed solely because you do not sin. You are blessed, and so am I, because God does not impute that sin to you. Again, you're not blessed because you do not sin solely, but because God does not impute your sin. That's what Psalms 32 says to you and me. And that's what I want to consider this morning. Psalm 32. And then next week on Monday, we'll head into Romans chapter 6. I mean, we're getting right now, Romans 6, 7, 8, we're getting into the big leagues. I mean, the good stuff, right? You know that. Psalm 32, though, a scripture you're very familiar with, but I think is not only good, but but apropos for our text in Psalms, because this very psalm is quoted by Paul and referred to by Paul in Psalm 30. I mean, Psalm 32 in Romans chapter 5 and 6. So, what does David write? Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Again, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and whose spirit there is no deceit. We'll be right back. From him, through him, and to him are all things. To God be the glory. His word endures from beginning to end. To God be the glory. To
Now, you have perhaps been familiar with the red heifer. Does that at all ring a bell or is it at all familiar with it? Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you know it. Maybe you've never heard of the red heifer. Found in Numbers chapter 19 in the Torah. Let me explain it a bit. See, what causes autoimmune breakdowns in our autoimmune systems? So often, you know what it is. Stress. And what causes stress? Well, often fear. What causes fear? Even psychologists tell us that what causes fear is often guilt. What causes guilt? Condemnation. What causes condemnation? Again, what causes condemnation? The law. (laughs) And so the law is going to cause you stress, fear, guilt, and condemnation. Because it is so perfect and you are not. Me neither. And that's the point of the law. To bring you to that place of stress, fear, guilt, condemnation. Why? So that you gladly run into the refuge of God's grace. That Jesus Christ is the law fulfiller on your behalf. So now we're washed by the water of the word. It cleanses us from this debris that we've had. We are already cleansed by the blood once and for all, but over and over again, we're cleansed by the water of God's word. Now, in Leviticus, there was the sacrifice of the ox only in one place, and it's elsewhere, later on in the law, Numbers 19, that there was a female ox or a heifer. And it was to have no defect, no yoke was ever to come upon it, Numbers 19 states. In other words, from our perspective, we would say no sin, (laughs) no slavery, right? The freest of all people, so to speak, that would be all typical or represented by the red heifer, that female. But then in Hebrews 9, we read, the red heifer can cleanse not only outwardly, but inwardly. No, Not the red heifer of the Old Testament. That one could only cleanse outwardly, not inwardly. But there is one who came and fulfilled all of that, which the red heifer represented. Perfection, no defect, no slavery. Not a female, no, but yet he has this spirit about him that is so unique from most, from all other Males, you ladies could say amen to that. And the interesting thing about the red heifer in the law, in Numbers, is that 
the ashes of the red heifer were used for healing. If there was a person who was unclean, sick, ill, they could come to the ashes of the red heifer and it would take a clean person who would take the water, making themselves unclean, they would sprinkle the unclean person with the ashes of the red heifer. And that reminds me that whenever you receive the water, the water of God's word, the water of the scriptures, and of course the water of the gospel, be sure that it has the ashes. (laughs) By that I mean that the work is finished. That you're not telling people what to do. You're telling people what Jesus has done. Psychologists often tell us that children who are accident prone can so often be so because they are being told how bad they are, how wrong they are all of the time. Now, you know, maybe that doesn't explain why my kids or your kids are so accident prone, but I think the key is still found there that if we're always being told how bad were fools or idiots. We're going to live like that. So you have to revert. You have to come back. You have to stand on the fact that Jesus took your punishment for you. That's where your shalom comes. Jesus was punished for your wrong. Jesus was punished for my wrong. Then your insides won't punish you then we won't see so many of those um, sicknesses, those autoimmune breakdowns from stress, fear, and guilt, perhaps. No, certainly. See, inwardly you will feel or do feel a need for punishment apart from the finished work of the cross, and that is how dangerous it is to put your kids, your spouse, my church under the law, because all the while the blood of Jesus has been shed. Jesus would say, this is my blood for the forgiveness of sins, literally, quote, the sending away of your sins. The table, we come to communion, not to remember our sins, although some people make it that. We come to the table to remember that our sins are forgiven. It is finished, not you must, you must, you must, but it's done, it's done, it's done. Praise God. We're saved by grace. And if you believe, or I think I'm saved by grace, but I'm blessed by my performance, uh uh-oh, that's not a good mix. This is why the effect of the New Testament is found in the preaching of the finished work of Jesus Christ. As you receive the word, the water, and the ashes, so to speak, then you are cleansed. I give you praise, O great invisible of a dark night 
For the smile on her face in the sunlight are coming, declares the Lord, when I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. And they will not teach each one his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, says the Lord, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful toward their iniquities, and I will remember their sins no more. Hebrews chapter 8. Paul, or whoever was the writer, is telling the Hebrews, telling the Christians who were in Jerusalem or in Israel, listen, don't go back. And to this group, he's not saying don't go back into hedonism. He's saying don't go back into legalism. And the way you don't is remember the new covenant as he quotes there, as I just read to you from Jeremiah 31. And then he concludes by saying in verse 13 of Hebrews chapter 8, 
in speaking of a new covenant, he makes the first one obsolete. And what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. And so you are blessed. Why? Because God says, I will be merciful to your iniquities and I will remember your sins no more. I think a lot of us have the first part down pretty well. That is, he will be merciful. Thank you, God, for being merciful, for having mercy on me and my iniquities, my shortcomings, my failures. But it's the second part that we need to also really take to heart when he says, and I will remember your sins no more. That's why David would say, wow, blessed is the one whose sins are forgiven, whose transgressions are no more, because God does not remember our sins. Praise his name. And so, we are given a new covenant, as I just read. We are blessed not because we do not sin. We are blessed because God does not impute sin, as I said. Because we read faith that rests in God, in the work of Christ, counts for righteousness. Now, when David says, blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven, who is counted as righteous, He is not speaking of himself because he was still under the old covenant. David was a new covenant guy living in old covenant times. He was a prophet of sorts. He was looking ahead. He saw insight to the future because of his own heart. And so he is saying, blessed is the one, even though he himself was still not in this covenant, he is saying, wow, those people who ever get this, They're blessed. He wasn't speaking of himself, but of the future. Now, David, when he sinned, he was punished. Remember that? Remember those times when God said, choose your punishment, David, for what you've done? Yeah, he got a lot of mercy. But with that, he got also punishment because he was under the old covenant. And most Christians recognize the first phrase, The first half of what I just read in Hebrews chapter 8. What I just read when it says, quoting from Jeremiah, God says, I will be merciful to your iniquities. Most Christians get that, but most Christians don't understand the second part. I will remember your sins no more. That nothing is imputed to you when it comes to your sins, your shortcomings, and your failures. Praise God. Look at Paul's writings to the Galatians. That was a group that was trusting in their own righteousness way too much. And what does Paul say? You foolish Galatians, you little kids, you should cut yourselves off. Now look at Paul's writings to the Corinthians. To that group of Christians, we would say, wow, Corinthians gone wild. They were dirty in our estimation. They were living lives of lasciviousness and 
dude was living with his mother-in-law and it was nuts suing each other getting drunk at communion nuts but Paul never says any of the things like he did to the Galatians you foolish Corinthians he never says that whenever he even has anything to say he says don't you already know this that your sins have been paid for, that Christ has been crucified, and so on and so forth. God is more interested in dealing with the root than even the fruit. And so he's not just looking for outward obedience, Galatians, but inward reality, Corinthians, and so too with you and me. He wants to get to the root. To the root issue. He wants to speak to your heart and your soul. We'll be right back.
here is the here's the great great trade-off right here right now the great exchange is not that you exchange bad works for good works but that you exchange the law for grace and the old covenant for the new covenant and in and through this new covenant you will so will i experience god more than we ever could have or would have under the law or the old covenant and so you are not blessed because you do not sin you are blessed because god does not impute your sin to you praise the lord we'll be right back i 
as I talk about God's grace, the gospel, day by day, who gets the credit? (laughs) Ha ha ha. Me? Nope. God, right? And you may wonder, Pete, why every single day? Why is your show even rogue grace? Why do you always talk about God's grace? Because... If there is truly grace, who gets the credit? Who gets the credit? God. And so, that's why I talk about it. So that God gets the credit he deserves. That's why the Bible, the New Testament, talks about it. That God gets the credit he deserves. Anything good in my day, God deserves the credit. Anything good in your life, God deserves the credit. And that's why I proclaim and teach and talk about grace. Like I do. Because I realize I don't deserve the credit. But God does. And, you know, I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, but you don't deserve the credit either but God does and I want you to know that not only are your sins forgiven but they are forgotten you are perfect in the sight of God he's not tapping his fingers he doesn't have instant replay He doesn't look at your past and score you. You are under and beneath the precious blood of Jesus Christ, whose resurrection ensures that that is exactly how God sees you in Jesus Christ. You are seated in heavenly places. You are treasured by the heavenly father. You are called the brother or the sister of Jesus Christ. He is the most high, but you're still called his sister, still called his brother. What an honor. Not because of anything I have done or you have done, but everything Christ Jesus has done and accomplished, so finished that he is seated at this very moment, at the right hand of God the Father. And thank you for tuning in today. May the Lord bless you with this gospel. May you find yourself at peace with this finished work of Jesus Christ. To him is all the credit. To him be all the glory. Yes, he is always beautiful, and worthy, right? I know you agree. That's why you're tuned in. Have a great weekend. I'll see you on Sunday, and I'll talk again, Lord willing, on Monday. Bye.